The Devils have actually had a pretty decent stretch despite only getting a point out of that wild game. And also, Mr. Nasty is back. Nathan Bastian was claimed off waivers by the New Jersey Devils. I'm going to talk about that in this episode. His nickname is Nasty, and there's so much in Nendo jokes I want to do. However, I don't think I'm allowed to say it on this type of show. And also... Uh, let's talk about the players that have just been coming in and out of Utica and also like Ty Smith was a healthy scratch called in the last episode but I think this could be the best thing for him still have not lost hope in the kid we have a lot to discuss in this episode this is what happens when you don't cover the, the devils for a couple days you, you just got to catch up on everything yourself so buckle up you're locked on devils your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. Elias scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodora's got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup! Alrighty, now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked on Devils podcast here on the Locked on Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. And it's currently 12.49 a.m. Eastern Time, November 26, 2021, at the time of this recording. So, happy belated Thanksgiving to all of my American listeners. I hope you had a fabulous holiday. Enjoyed it with your family, friends, whatever the case might be. Once again, I hope you had a safe and blessed holiday. And I apologize for not posting an episode yesterday. Uh, that was mainly due to the fact that I was dehydrated. I kind of collapsed and I just wasn't up to par to record an episode, obviously. But here I am, totally hydrated and ready to go. Uh, just a word of advice to any of my listeners. If you're out and uh, just walking around in heat, make sure you hydrate yourself with water and Gatorade. Otherwise, you will feel weak and you will uh, not be able to record a podcast episode. But anyway, let's talk about the New Jersey Devils, shall we? So they dropped their last game against the Minnesota Wild uh, in a shootout, and the score was 3-2. Uh, to two. So, you know, I, obviously I, I felt like that game was ours for the taking because we dominated period number one. And once again, we were the comeback kids. And I said it in the last episode. I said that if the Devils wanted to compete with the Minnesota Wild, then uh, I, I think we would need another miracle, like another like late game miracle. And we need someone to come up clutch. I was, you know, looking at maybe Pavel Zaka, but Pavel Zaka actually did get a goal this game early in period number three that cut the lead in half. But it was Sharon Govich once again, who had another terrific game. Yes, he couldn't save us in shootout, but you know, at the end of the day, we got a point and I'm really satisfied. So guys, when we think about this from uh, this perspective, we lost Jack Hughes in the second game of the year. Uh, we still have not seen Miles Wood this season. We've been sending guys in and out of Utica, basically hoping for some sort of impact. We had to send Alexander Holtz back down to Utica, unfortunately. And I also want to talk a little bit about Ty Smith because I kind of called in the last episode saying that he was kind of on his last leg in terms of just trying to prove that he is up to par and ready to just uh, take another step forward in his sophomore year campaign. I said he was on borrowed time. And unfortunately, I said either Ty Smith was going to wake up after that uh, bad outing against the Tampa Bay Lightning or Lindy Ruff was going to wake up and unfortunately for Ty Smith Lindy Ruff was the one who woke up uh, quicker than he did so uh, before I talk about that let's just talk about the last few games for the New Jersey Devils so going back to what the point I was trying to make was that we lost Jack Hughes in the second game we still have not seen Miles Wood we've been sending guys in and out of Utica and overall I I I say arguably this is one of our toughest parts of the scheduling because we had to play the Panthers we had to play uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning and we had to play the Minnesota Wild. So when looking at the uh, Florida Panthers, 
They are tops in the Atlantic Division currently at the time of this recording. They've so far played in 19 games. They are 14-2-3 to begin their year with 31 points. Then you got the reigning back-to-back -back Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. They've so far played in 18 games. They have a record of 11-4-3 with 25 points. And then when looking at the Minnesota Wild out west uh, in the Central Division, they are tops in that division as well. 19 games played, and they have an overall record of 12-6-1 with 25 points. So I think we should be overall be satisfied with those last few stretch of games for the Devils. So they dropped the, the puck hard against the Florida Panthers. You know, that offsides call kind of really uh, swung more of the momentum to the Florida Panthers way. And they just put their foot on the gas pedal and didn't look back. But we were able to redeem ourselves against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Because if you need a reminder, the Tampa Bay Lightning were kind of on a streak. They were on a home point streak coming into that game. And they also were 30-0-2 when leading after the first two periods of play. And who would have thought that the New Jersey Devils would have uh, broken that streak? So the, the, once again, the Lightning were leading after two periods and the Devils were able to score four unanswered goals and come up with the upset victory against the Lightning. And boom, two points right there. And then we played the Minnesota Wild and we were down 2-0 uh, after the first two periods. And once again, thanks to Pavel Zaka, thanks to uh, uh, Igor Sharangovich and a few other players, we were able to tie the game, send it to OT. We couldn't do anything in OT, but then we go to a shootout. And unfortunately, we came up a little bit short, but at the same time, we get a point out of that. So we just played uh, some of the toughest teams in the NHL currently. Once again, the Panthers, the Lightning, and the Wild. And somehow, someway, we were able to come away with three points. Maybe it's not like, you know, what we fully expected. Like, if I'm going to be completely honest with you guys, I thought the Devils, this is the part of the season where they just fall flat on their face, and this is where we go on a three-game losing streak. We lose badly to the Panthers. I'm like, oh boy, here we go. We're going to lose badly to the Lightning, and then we're going to lose badly to the Wild, and, you know, then all hell is going to break loose, and this is where we start to struggle. This is where the fan base starts to get frustrated. This is where we start to hear rumors. This is where we start, this early in the season, we start to hear, like, which players will be sent down, which players will... Uh, uh, possibly be on the trade market for the Devils. Are we going to be buyers? Are we going to be sellers? I know it's still relatively early, but still, you kind of want to think about that in advance because, like I've said in many episodes prior, I think the Devils are still trying to find themselves as a team. But overall, I think we should be satisfied with these last few games. And once Jack Hughes comes back, guys, then uh, a lot of our problems are going to really be solved. And we also got Nathan Bastion back because he was placed on waivers by the Seattle Kraken. I guess bullying works because uh, Devils Twitter, and including me, myself, we, we all took to Twitter and we just told the New Jersey Devils, bring back Nasty. Bring back Nathan Bastion because, you know, maybe his numbers don't pop out at you to the casual fan, but we as Devils fans know what he brings to the organization, what he brings to our bottom six, and the fact that we were able to bring him back. You guys know how excited I am because over the summer I was saying, like, we should really expose Mikey McLeod so that way we could keep Nathan Bastion because I see potential in him. I love the energy that he brings to our line. I think he can learn a lot from Miles Wood, and overall, I just really love this guy's potential because if you guys look at the statistics, and I'll explain it more in tomorrow's episode when I make this a more center piece episode, um, Mikey McLeod's numbers were much better improved when he was paired along with Nathan Bastion. And yes, Miles Wood was pretty much the leader of that line. He was what made it gel together. I just want to say, first and foremost, guys, you're not going to see the results from Nathan Bastion right away. So let's just say that the New Jersey Devils uh, play him in tomorrow's game and they pair him uh, alongside Mikey McLeod. You're not going to see the results right away because you're missing a key player in that line, which is Miles Wood. And he was one of the leaders of that team. He was one of our leader 
uh, in goals and also points. So uh, I'm just putting this out there right here, right now. Do not expect like uh, instant impact from Nathan Bastian right away because, like I said, you're missing uh, one piece of that line, but it's a very important piece. So don't don't expect the results from Nathan Bastian and Mikey McLeod right away. I'm just gonna say this right here, right now. But like I said, I'll talk more about this in tomorrow's episode. I just wanted to you know let you guys know that I'm paying attention to the news despite being on vacation, and I, I, I'm loving what I'm seeing so far. And we need that energy from Nathan Bastian. So I'll talk more about that a little later, but let's get back to what I was originally talking about, which was Ty Smith. Now, I called it in the last episode and I got the receipts to prove it. You literally just have to go back one episode. And I said, this could be a wake up call for Ty Smith. I haven't given up on him, but it's probably time to give him the same treatment that we gave Sharon Govich, in which we make him a healthy scratch. And in the last game against the Minnesota Wild, that's exactly what Lindy Ruff did. He was a healthy scratch. And I said... That was going to be a wake-up call for either Ty Smith or Lindy Ruff. And Lindy Ruff realized, because remember, guys, uh, the, there was a situation against the Lightning in which Mackenzie Blackwood was pretty much exposed. Like, So the line was Severson and Smith on the defensive end. And somehow, someway, the Lightning were able to just go down to the other way. There was just two of them, and no one was there to help Blackwood. So Blackwood was basically left like a deer in headlights. Luckily, thank the Lord, Blackwood was able to get the stop, and no one really talked about it after that. But overall, when we're looking at the replay, I think I see Severson like uh, slip up a little bit, and he was trying to like knock the puck away. That's my opinion. That's basically what I saw. But when I'm seeing Ty Smith, it just looked like he got out-hustled. He got out-raced, and I was just like... Like, that can't be good. It might be time to make him a healthy scratch so that way he could just get his, you know, footing underneath him. This can light a fire under him because I I'm missing that passion from Ty Smith. I'm not expecting for him to get, you know, so many goals. He's not Dougie Hamilton. He's not even Ryan Graves. We don't need that from him. But I would like for him to facilitate a little more, get more assists, get his Corsi 4 percentage up a little higher, and just see more determination, more effort from Ty Smith. And I just wasn't getting that. And I just said, you know, I haven't given up a hope on him, but it might be time to make him a healthy scratch for just a couple of games so that way he could get that wake-up call so that way we could get that production again lo and behold I was correct and that's another prediction I got right I just said you know it might be time to just make him a healthy scratch I know he was tops in the Calder Memorial Trophy uh, race last season along with Sharon Govich but if we gave Sharon Govich that treatment it's time to give Smith that treatment. So, you know, like I said, I'm very honest on this show, but this goes two ways. And also, Alexander Holtz was sent back down to Utica a couple days ago. Right move. It just didn't look like he was ready. And uh, you know what? I really thought he was ready because I thought he would make the team at the beginning of the year alongside with Dawson Mercer. But it looks like the Devils made the right decision in picking Dawson Mercer over Alexander Holtz because you got one guy who's uh, competing with two Detroit Red Wings players for the Calder Memorial Trophy already this early. And then you got another guy, you just forget he's on the rink. And it's just like, okay, he had some moments with the, with the top six because he got a couple assists. But it just looked like Alexander Holtz wasn't really a fit. He wasn't really the focal point. And could you make the argument that maybe Dawson Mercer was the better draft pick in uh, the 2020 NHL draft? I, I still think it's relatively early, but, you know, I don't think you'd be crazy for saying that, in my opinion. So, so far, Alexander Holtz has appeared in six games. He has zero goals, uh, two assists for a grand total of two points, and a plus-minus of negative two. So, Alexander Holtz, you know, nothing to, you know, ring the alarms, nothing to be concerned about. Just not ready yet. And, you know, we tried giving him his chance. I said, what do we got to lose? You know, we had everything to gain, nothing really to lose. And, 
you know, I'm, I'm glad the New Jersey Devils gave him a chance. And, you know, I just hope he gets that chance with Utica. I uh, saw a tweet that he did score in their latest game, I believe. So uh, Alexander Holtz is picking up right where he left off with Utica. Now, the, the thing is, can he translate that from Utica to New Jersey? And uh, that that's a question mark that we're just going to have to wait until, you know, he finally does get his first career goal because I thought he would get it against the Boston Bruins because, quite honestly, I thought he, he was he was so close in that prior game against the Boston Bruins that I made the prediction saying Alexander Holtz will get his first career goal against the Boston Bruins because I think after just missing it by just a couple inches, he might be ready for it. And, unfortunately, I was incorrect. And that's a prediction I got wrong. He got a power play point. That's all I can say in our power play, especially against that wild game in which we gave up a shorthanded goal. is awful. So, you know, that that's saying something. So, before we continue with today's episode and before I give you guys my overall opinions from the Devils and Wild game, I want to give you guys the first live read this morning. And it comes from Built Bar. So, I love Thanksgiving. All the good food and treats and plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert but isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bar. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with coconut Built Bar. I'll go for a raspberry Built Bar instead of the raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built Bar is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a Built Bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings if you want to make things a little less awkward maybe you should have uh, shared a built bar with aunt betty just saying so new surprises all month limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly so check the site often there's nothing like a built bar black friday happy black friday everybody so mark your calendars black friday will be a huge event for all sorts of surprises so go to built.com use the promo code locked 15 you'll get 15 percent off your order again use the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com and now the second live read excuse me uh comes from betonline.ag so it's thanksgiving and we all know what that meant football and nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting bet online has you covered for all the holiday season more props odds and lines than ever before bet on Live remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code locked on to receive your bonus. And it's not just football, Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, we're stuffed with the deals this Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I did not create that punchline, by the way. So let's get back to the overall discussion uh, about the New Jersey Devils and the Minnesota Wilds. So uh, coming into this game, you know, like I said, I, I've said this a lot when we were playing the Lightning and the Panthers. I tried to keep my expectations somewhat moderate just because I was like, if I'm expecting a, a win, most likely it's going to be a loss because I predicted that the Devils would win against the Florida Panthers, but not by a whole lot. But Overall, uh, I, I like this game for, uh, for the Devils because, like I said, we got a point, and that's all I can ask for because, you know, I said against the Panthers, I said it against the Lightning, and I said it against the Wild again. Like, if we're going to compete with these teams, we need to at least get a point and stay somewhat competitive and stay somewhat relevant. So, you know, like I said, I'm very proud of this team, guys, because we, we could have uh, just been very behind had we dropped all three of these games. 
but yet the, we're still competing and somehow, some way, we're still relevant in the very tough Metropolitan Division. So before I go into more detail about the game and where I think the Devils just slipped up, let's look at the uh, overall standings in the Metropolitan Division at the time of this recording. So the Hurricanes have currently played 18 games. They have a record of 14-3-1 with 29 points. The Capitals have played in 20 games. They are 12-3-5 with 29 points. The Rangers are 12-4-3 with 27 points. The Penguins are 9-6-4 with 22 points. The Blue Jackets are 11-6-0 with 22 points. The Flyers are 8-6-4 with 20 points. The Devils are 8-5-4 with 20 points. And the Port Islanders are 5-9-2 with 12 points. So, uh, yeah, pretty much we're still in it. And we're still within striking distance of getting that wild card spot. So if you look at the points, once again, uh, you know, I, I think we're, we're pretty far behind the Rangers for getting that third uh, top spot in the Metropolitan Division. So, like I said, that was pretty much out the question before the start of the season. But just look at the teams that are ahead of us, and they're not really, you know, leading us by that much. You got the Penguins, you got the Blue Jackets, and you got the Flyers. Um, so the Penguins have 22 points, the Blue Jackets have 22 points, and we're tied with the Flyers with 20 points. So we're right there within striking distance, and we actually have to play the Flyers um, uh, soon in one of our upcoming matchups. So first we have a game against uh, the National Predators today, and then we have to play the the Flyers on Sunday so uh, you know these are two winnable games for the Devils but they cannot sleep on the Predators because the Predators not too long ago were tops on the Central Division alongside um, with the Minnesota Wild like th that's one of the reasons why I was concerned about the Devils playing the Predators right after the Wild because at one point the Predators were like second or third in the Central Division and I was just like okay that's just a team we can't really sleep on because um, you know I know we're coming off a good game against the Lightning and also the Wild but still you know let's just pump the brakes we are not out of the woods yet and then the Flyers that's going to be an interesting matchup so when looking at this game for the Devils they somehow some way actually dominated period number one so if, if you saw uh, Alex Chabonsi he tweeted out this during the game he said uh, he was really confused as to how the Devils were losing the game because they were getting a lot of shots in the defensive zone for the Wild and yet the Wild um, didn't really get that many good shot opportunities yet somehow some way they, they were leading two nothing after period number one and I was just like okay this is going to require a miracle for the Devils to just come back and win because when we're looking at the um, overall shots on goal differential in, in, in that uh, respective period the Devils had 18 whereas the Wild had 13 and then both teams kind of cut that in half. So the Devils had seven uh, shots on goal in period number two, and then the Wild had six. And then once again, the Devils uh, got more shots on goal opportunities than the Wild in period number three, 13 to seven. And, you know, in OT, we had four shots on goal. The Wild only had one. And yet somehow, someway after that OT time was up, the, the Wild were able to get a uh, a, a shootout goal and, and win the game. And Sharon Govich couldn't uh, save us then. But you know, I'm not going to fault that on Sharon Govich. That's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. But overall, when we're looking at that game for uh, the Devils, it's just like, you know, when in doubt, keep shooting the puck because good things will happen because they outshot the Wild 42-27. to And that first period was, was ours for the taking. Uh, just a few things didn't go our, our way. So, for, for example, giving up that shorthanded goal, th that cannot happen. Like, look, I, I know I talk about specialty teams often on this show, and I don't know what else I have to say, but... You know, specialty teams suck, and we're getting better. Uh, let, let me just say, we're getting better, but, you know, at the same time, 
when I'm looking at the power play opportunities for the Wild, they were 0 for 3. So I'm, I'm okay with our penalty kill in that regards. But I still want more from our power play because we were 0 for 4 in this matchup. And like I said, we gave up a shorthanded goal. And, and you know, it, it was a 2-on-1 opportunity thanks to uh, Sturm and Goodrow. And, you know, I think Dougie Hamilton did everything he could possibly do to try to break that up. And, you know, uh, he got into the crouch block position, was trying to get a stick on the puck and just knock it away. But, you know, un unfortunately, I, I don't know that it, it, I, somehow, somewhat Goodrow was able to just get it underneath Hamilton, pass it over to Sturm and uh, Sturm was able to score it on Blackwood. And then when we're looking at the first goal, at, at first I thought Kulikov uh, scored this goal for the wild. And I was just about to say, like, how ironic the former devil was able to um, get get a goal on us because he played in like what 38 games for us and he scored no goals for us so I was just I was just about to say like the the irony but uh, it was actually credited to Ryan Hartman that was his 10th of the year but um, one, one thing I want to talk about and this came um, I believe in period number three Subban ripped a shot from the point and I could have sworn that it hit the twine like I, I thought he went bar down on Talbot and I, I thought that was going to be a goal, and so did uh, everyone else at The Rock and also on the broadcast. They were like, did Subban score? Did, did they score? And they were like, no, 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 the, the goal was waved off. And I was just like, ooh, I think that hit the twine. Like, you know, did it look like it rang out? I did hear the, the, the clink, but at the same time, I feel as though that just hit the netting. But... That's why I'm not a referee, but I, I need your guys' opinion. So hit me up uh, after you listen to this episode. Like, do you think PK Subban scored that goal for for the Devils? Because quite honestly, that could have been a game changer for us. Because you know, if we scored three unanswered goals against the Wild, so let's just presume that Zaka and Sharon Govich were going to score for us anyway. Well, then again, thinking about it, we, when Sharon Govich scored, we had uh, an extra skater and. Uh, you know, th then we were able to tie it. So I guess that doesn't really make any sense. But still, you know, we, we could have tied it a little earlier. And it's just like, I, I just feel as though that hit the netting. I need your guys' opinion on that, though. But it, th that's my perspective. I really think he went bar down on Talbot. But uh, th once again, that's why I'm not a referee. But one thing I want to talk about is Sharon Govich. Because remember, guys, I, I said that uh, Sharon Govich uh, getting a, a healthy scratch and being benched by the Devils. I think it was honestly one of the best things that could have happened to him because it snapped him out of his funk. Like, when, when you're playing games really bad constantly, it, it can really get to you. And it's just, it, it affects you mentally because we, we've clowned on him on this show before. And like I said, uh, I, I'm a huge Sharon Govich fan. Like, I, I literally call my show Locked On Sharon Govich when I can. And in fact, I think I'm going to do that uh, as soon as I'm done recording this episode. But at the same time, it's just like, uh, Sharon Govich getting benched, I, I think it was the best thing that happened to him. And, you know, uh, during the course of the season, I was saying, like, oh, man, how did Sharon Govich go from playing on our top line and being, like, credited as maybe one of the guys that we look to for our future to now being on the bottom six led by so-and-so? And I'm just like, how does that happen? And uh, I, I was I was just in disbelief because I was like, come on, Sharon Govich. I had high expectations for you because he played so well in the scrimmages and I'm just like, where was that same impact? Where was the right place at the right time, uh, Sharon Govich, that I was talking about? The one that I was hyping up, the one who I said would be smarter to begin this season. And I was looking for it, and lo and behold, he's shown up the last couple games. He scored two goals against the Lightning, and he got a big goal against the Wild. This is Locked On Sharon Govich. 
Sharon Govich playing well these uh, last couple games really does wonder for me because like I've said many, many, many times on this show before, I am a big Sharon Govich fan. Uh, uh, he is my favorite player on the Devils and get, seeing him get benched really hurt and me talking bad about him on this show really hurt and the fact that he is just getting uh, you know, uh, three goals in the last two games has to do wonders for him. I couldn't be any more proud of him. But the one player I want to talk about is Mr. Pavel Zaka. And I'm going to say this loud and clear once again for anyone in the back who does not hear this. Your apology to Mr. Pavel Zaka needs to be just as loud as your freaking hate for him. I've seen the tweets. I've seen the, uh, the memes, the jokes, whatever the case might be. I'm sure Zaka has seen it too. Look, guys, he's not going to be McDavid. He's not going to be Eichel. He's not going to be Marner. He's not even going to be like Hannafin, even though they don't play the same position. I get that. He Look, he was in a very, 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 very gifted draft class and with future Hall of Famers, McDavid, future Hall of Famer, and, and, and probably one of, if not the best NHL player, the best hockey player on the face of this planet. I'm being dead serious. So, like, Look, I, I get it. You know, when, when we're looking at Pavel Zaka and when we're looking at Conor McDavid, we see someone on a uh, very mediocre team and putting up, I guess, decent stats to the casual fan. But when we're looking at Conor McDavid, once again, we're looking at probably the best hockey player on the face of the earth, quite honestly. And I, I, I'm not just saying that. And I get it. Mitchell Marner, what he's doing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, Hannafin, Eichel, even though Eichel will miss most of the season. But still, even despite him being injured, a lot of people wanted him. It was just the Sabres that were being very stingy with him. But at the same time, let, let, let's acknowledge Pavel Zaka for what he is. And his solid production and the fact that he's improving, guys. 17 games played. And he has eight goals, four assists for a grand total of 12 points. And he scored a big goal. Um, for us in the last game against um, the Wild, and he cut that lead in half. And he's all, he's well on pace to just tops what he did last year, albeit, you know, uh, we, we, we were only allowed to play 56 games last year, and he played in 50 of them. But still, I just love the overall improvement from Zaka, and I think you guys need to acknowledge that too. So I get it. When we're comparing players to, uh, to, to Zaka from his uh, respective draft class, I get it. The, the difference is night and day. It's not even close. It's not even funny. But at the same time, let's not clown on him. He's getting better. He's not a bust. And I say that 100% certainty that Pavel Zaka deserves an apology from the Devils fan base. You got you can clown me. You can come at me all you want. My opinion stands, stands firm. And you best believe that. Now, when looking at Sharon Govich, once again, I talked about at the beginning of the season, right place, right time. He was at the right possible place at the right possible time, deep into the slot, able to get it right through uh, Talbot and and score the game-tying goal. Uh, and we had the extra skater. We pulled Blackwood. So, you know, when you pull your goalie, it's desperation time. It's basically scramble. It's basically like no room for error because if the Wild get possession of that puck, all they have to do is just blast it to the other side of the ring with a good uh, angle and a good aim. And they don't have to hit it that hard. Game over. The empty netter goal. That That's usually the final nail in the coffin. That's usually uh, the final, uh, I, I guess, knife in the stake. I, that's something I'm trying to do. But either way, Sharon Govich just... He, he was able to just I get get there on the rebound and get it past Talbot. So Heizer was uh, originally the one trying to take the shot. However, his shot went off the padding of uh, Talbot. Then it went over to Sharon Govich. He was deep in the slot right at the right possible time, was able to just knock it on in. 
that is how you play the game of hockey. That's how you show that you have a high hockey IQ. That's what I was talking about Sharon Govich at the beginning of the season. That's what Lindy Ruff was talking about at the beginning of the season. And that's what Lindy Ruff was talking about during the course of the season when he said he sat down with Sharon Govich and said, look, here's what you did last season and you did really well. So I need you to do that again. So I'm, I'm loving that from Sharon Govich and the fact that, once again, I know I sound like a broken record, but I say this, right place, right possible time. That was perfect. That was beautiful. I can look at that replay again and again. And I think Sharon Govich should do that again and again just to see, like, you know, what he's capable of doing because y you can't teach that. You I don't think that's in the playbook. That's just being smart. And that's all I got to say for Sharon Govich right now. Albeit, I'm going to say this one last thing. I think Sharon Govich is my player to watch in our next matchup uh, today against the Nashville Predators. And I honestly believe that. So when comparing the stats, once again, the Devils had 42 shots on goal. Compared to the Wilds, 27. Face-off percentage, 55% to the Devils, 45% to the Wild. Uh, power play opportunities, both teams were shut out. However, the uh, Wild were able to get a shorthanded goal. And uh, the Devils were able to get, uh, I guess you could kind of count it as a power play goal because they did have the extra skater. However, Mackenzie Blackwood was off the rank. But, you know, <clears throat> we, we, we all know that doesn't count as a power play. But 0 for 4 for the Devils, 0 for 3 for the Wild. Then hits 35 to 27 in favor of the Wild. Blocks 19 to 10 in favor of the Wild. Giveaways, the Wild led that category 9 to 8. So when looking at this game, I just love the, the, the story once again of the comeback kids and the Devils just dominating. So I'm going to give this game a B plus for them because I think their only slip up was giving up that shorthanded goal. That first goal from Hartman originally I thought was from Kulikov. You know, that was just, yeah, it was a defensive lapse, but it wasn't really like, you know, something that made me jump out of my seat. It, based on my opinion, and I felt like the Devils just played hard, they competed hard, and the only thing I just hold against them is specialty teams because every time I feel like they screw up in that regards, I feel like I just got to, you know, dock them a lot of points for that because we've been talking about it over and over again, but still no effort, but I'm loving Sharon Govich, I'm loving Zaka, and like I said, you might need some clutchness from Zaka a few episodes ago, and, you know, Zaka did come up clutch early in period number three and Tatar and Heijer were able to get the assist and then Heijer was able to get another assist alongside with Jesper Brat on Sharon Govich's goal so overall I, I, I love Jesper Brat as well every time he just skates I, I just feel like good things are going to happen I, it, I can't be the only one who thinks that right but overall just a great effort from the Devils like I said their only slip up is they got to get special, better at special league teams but we've been talking about a lot this season but overall I'm excited for our game against the Nashville Predators and let me know what you guys think what did you think about the effort from uh, the Devils Sharon Govich Zaka all of them what do you think of my overall opinions about Sharon Govich and Zaka what, what, what do you think of the Devils just making Ty Smith a healthy scratch because quite honestly I think it was the best move and who do you want to see brought up from the Utica Comets and uh, come on to this roster to try and compete what do you think of Nathan Bastion? I know I'm all over the place right now, but like I said, when you don't cover the Devils in two days, there's just so much you have to talk about. So I, I want to hear your guys' opinions. So hit me up on Locked On Devils. And uh, as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you guys today. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And now it's the Christmas season officially, so you can listen to Christmas music without being judged. Uh, I'm going to step aside, and I will catch you guys in the next episode. Once again, thanks for listening.